0: Talk to your local agent today.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
2: And I'm... I'm... Who am I, Kara? I'll tell you who I am. I'm Brienne Tarth, commonly known as Brienne of Tarth, <laughs> a warrior of the House Tarth, vassals to House Baratheon, and now a knight of the Seven Realms, oh, Kara. Geez. But what haunts me... What haunts me? Good Does gosh. Jamie Lannister love me? Oh my God, Does she's, she's such he a love lesbian! Me, Come on, <laughs> she's an enormous lesbian. You say that like it's a bad
1: thing. I'm just saying. You say that like no, it's a bad
2: thing. There's, uh, there's, there.
1: She needs a girlfriend, is what she needs, and she loved the other lady. Oh who my got God, killed. she
2: has been kicking ass. That's and right. Taking That's names how we lesbians do it. Rounds. We're all
1: becoming mayors of every city across this this fine United States of ours, if you've noticed. And there was another one in Florida. Um Who's that? The, There's a new lesbian mayor of like one of your. Big cities there, I forget which one. T- Tampa? Or an ALM
2: as I like to call them. Tampa.
1: Chicago. We're gonna and I now I have to run for mayor of San Francisco, and then we'll have like a troika of lesbian mayors girding 100%. the country. That's
2: why you should run for mayor. <laughs> that's <laughs> absolutely why you, you should run. You
1: know what? We're all brand tarth. that's all I'm saying. Is that how to pronounce uh, it whatever? Genius. Anyway, look, I don't want to speak of Game of Thrones this week because the only thing on my mind is Endgame and the fact that I have not seen it and it's all over the friggin' Endgame. internet. Do not tell Endgame. the end game. Do not say the end game. I'm so like worried about finding out. Anyway, let's start. We're gonna discuss so wait, only the Avengers. No, we're not talking about this my anymore. My question.
2: Wait. Go My ahead. question about Endgame and the Avengers is, do they make that movie for a man? Oh, yes, they do. And it's called Game of Thrones. And we're done.
1: Okay. Sorry, and ahead. we're out with Game of Thrones. All right. Listen, big stories. There's so many big stories. I wrote Word this week. There's F- F- Facebook finds. We're going to get Elon Musk doing his robo-taxi thing. We've got Deranged Donald. There's so much to talk about. Let's start with something I wrote this week. They got a lot of attention. Sri Lanka banning Facebook, uh, no, banning Facebook not just Facebook, social media uh, because of the... Uh, the, trying to trying to get a control of what happened in that country, the terrible tragedy there. Um, and they pre-banned them um, so that that false information wouldn't – what did you think of that? I was,
2: I well, was so kind of off, for it a I, little bit. I actually, I actually read your article, and most of the time I read your article, I'm sort of overwhelmed with one word, what? meh. Eh, but this okay. one, this one, you know, you had – you I'm put in there jealous. a term. I actually uh-huh. – I thought it was an important piece. You had a term that I've, I've co-opted and adopted okay. as my own. Please. You used the term uh, spinning up violence. Yeah. And that perfectly describes what is going on here, that these firms, you know, do they catalyze it? Are they responsible for it? No, they spin it up. They and spin it
1: up. That was from the New York what Times. What you
2: said about the, the notion that, that you were relieved and a bunch of people kind of chimed in behind you, I thought it, right. it was an important notion. What, what, what kind of response have you had?
1: Well, is it, a lot of people were relieved. They admitted it. They felt good about it because these pe- these companies couldn't get a hold of things, and they were worried for the worse. And I thought, all these people died. We don't need more of this because of, you know, there had already had uh, anti-Muslim uh, violence there. And it, this is a, a country trying to push toward democracy, unlike a lot of the other ones. And they were, they, of course, did the, you know, if if countries can shut things down, then dictators will. I'm like, no, dictators love social media because they take over it. They, you know, look in the Philippines with Duterte or in, in uh, Turkey, and we're Forever. They don't take it down actually. They abuse it is what they or they use it. Um, and so that was, you know, there are questions. I wanted to get the debate going. Like what do shutting it down is the worst possible choice. But it's in some cases it's the only choice. So what do we Except do? Except for all the rest. Nation? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So it was an interesting back and forth. I definitely got First Amendment, you know, getting on their First Amendment fading couches. But I, I, and I'm like a backer as a journalist and someone who believes in the free thing. I just think these, these platforms have not taken the responsibility that old media had in the past, the standards. And, and they're not liable for it. And therefore, something has to happen. They have to fix it. They just have to fix the situation. So that's
2: what I think. Well, well, there's a couple of things that might happen here. The first is so they shut it off. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and this goes back to a prediction we made last year. I think a country is going to shut it off and not turn it back on. Oh, I that's think interesting. someone's going to decide, okay, my 16-year-old is angry. But other than that, what what has happened here? Are cats, you know, living with dogs Has it started raining frogs? No, we're okay. Right. Yeah. And they're going to do the math and go, you know what, maybe we don't turn the switch back on.
1: Right. Well, do you think that's the case in some of these countries? They just don't want to deal with it. Because it's, they're used as communications. Have- that was Facebook's argument, and I would agree with them, that, that it's used as a communications vehicle. And the issue is, of course it is, but then what? Like, if they're going to have the responsibility of being that, they have to have the responsibility of making it work properly. So, you know, they want all the good stuff um, and not none of the bad bad stuff. That's my feeling.
2: But why wouldn't a place like Uruguay or Estonia go Chinese? And what I mean by that is China right. lets these firms in long enough to steal their IP, kicks them mm-hmm. out, props up a local entrepreneur, and captures the value creation domestically.
1: Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't
2: someone say, you know what? All right, you've destroyed our media companies. You have a habit of den- denying and deflecting when terrible things happen. Mm-hmm. We're going to kick you guys out. And if a couple of local New Zealanders want to start a social network, more power to them. I think a couple of these nations are going to look at the Western way, and go. You know what? We're going Chinese.
1: Yep, yep. That was, you know, it's interesting. It's an interesting. It's an interesting time, and and, and I think you'll, you'll see more of it going going around. And I think one of the arguments is like, what if they did it in this country? I'm like, we don't aren't so dependent on. We have so many outlets of media that it's a different story. Um, but you know, of course, it's a, it's a, it's different from country to country, and it's certainly. You know, if the, you, you'd worry if like a Donald Trump shut, he does. Of course, he doesn't want to shut it down. He likes Twitter, screaming on Twitter. So it's a really, it's a really problematic and confusing situation, I think. Um, well, which you is know, a,
2: you to know, you had the best, you had the best soundbite of the week, spinning up violence. But you know who mm-hmm. came in a close number who? two? Who? Bob Iger, who said Hitler would have loved social media.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. He would have. He would have. That's true. I agree. And that's interesting. Where did he say that? That's at
2: an a, a, thing. a an event hosted by the Simon Wiesenthal Center, that oh, wow. you know, this isn't about this isn't about First Amendment. This stuff is proving to be pretty ugly. I mean, you it's brought the it's, Hitler um, thing in.
1: People don't like the movie. Yeah, of the Hitler move. Oh, interesting. Well, That's I interesting. don't
2: think it's I don't think it's fair to compare them to Nazis. I would just say it's sort of Nazi-ish, kind yeah. of you know, t- tyrani- tyrannical-ish. Speaking of tyrannical, or Steps to tyranny. Did you see who Facebook hired as their new yes, chief legal counsel? Yes, I
1: saw that. And a PR person, too. That I, They hired a big PR person to replace Karen Maroney. They yes. did. So, yes, this is to replace Colin Stretch. Um, yes, yep. this, is, this is an interesting character, a person, Jennifer uh, Newstead. Uh, she's, yep. she's, got, she's got a history on her. Um, she helped write The Patriarch, which is not yeah. – you know. Go ahead, Scott. Scary, right? <laughs> uh, Incredibly –
2: yeah, yeah. Incredibly. I get the sense you're waiting for me to go gangster. Um, <laughs> go right. So you want to you yeah. you maintain your credibility. You're like, no, you Ugh. you jump on the fire here. You know what? I so, never talked to is...
1: Colin Stretch ever, so I don't really care. So go ahead. I'm sure she's not going to call well, me Well, OK. For lunch. So,
2: yeah. so Miss Miss Newstead is clearly a very talented person, Scadden mm-hmm. Arps, uh, clerked for Justice Breyer, and mm-hmm. will be known as the individual that was sort of the tonic that washed down uh, what ultimately, legislation that was deemed as unconstitutional, and I would argue, you know, is the results or resulted in a you know a real loss of moral authority on the part yeah. of the u s as we figured out a way to justify uh, torture. And we called we came up with a new name for it, yeah. enhanced interrogation. But this is an individual who is very good at, at washing down very ugly occurrences. And Cheryl Sandberg put out a press release saying that, Ms. Newstead would help them fulfill their mission. And my question to Miss Sandberg is, what exactly is your mission?
1: Yeah, the law so enforcement is, uh, surveillance powers that was in that act are really quite extreme. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people feel that was sort of the beginning. It's not, you know, China extreme, but it's certainly, you know, th- th- someone who's known for walking in with someone who gave law enforcement agencies greater surveillance power due to this thing is not probably the best look. I mean, not that they're going to go for an ACLU person, uh, obviously, because no one would do that. Yeah. So it's problematic. Sure, we'll see.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's frightening. And then they also hired, actually hired a, a guy named John Panette, who's sort of yeah. a billionaire whisper, whisperer, very yes. talented guy. Yes,
1: I've met who him. Who convinced many the times.
2: world, who convinced the world that billionaires are a solution to the problem, not, not the cause of the problem. And I, I want to full disclosure: I'm friends with Sean. I like him a lot. I think he's mm-hmm. exceptionally talented. Yeah. And I think he's gone to the dark side. And I, yeah. I'm just really. I think it's terrible. I think he's going to do a great job for him, and we're all going to be worse for it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. He was I guess Lincoln. I'm off his Christmas card list. No, that's okay. He was a, he was worked for Bill Gates, Paul Allen. You know, he yeah. was at Google for many years in the Asia Pacific area. Very talented. Um, and he's from Washington. It'll be you know, it's interesting who he's replacing. Karen Maroney, who left, and before that, Elliot Trade. Karen's been there for a very long time. Before that, work for Facebook. So uh, it's a new day for Kara Swisher at this company. I think it's an interesting. It'll be an interesting. It'll be interesting to, to deal. John
2: anything. likes you. He always asks about you.
1: Oh, does he? Okay,
2: all right. Yeah, I never really dealt with you. him. He's hoping you. He's hoping you'll be the forty-fifth lesbian mayor. <laughs>
1: yes, I gotta be. All right, another story. That's a so with the sticker. fine. The fine. The fine. Let's get to the fine. Oh gosh! Five billion. You I mean the
2: parking ticket? Exactly. The parking the, ticket.
1: That's what I just called it. I just finished a column for the New York Times saying I, that's exactly what I called it—a parking ticket. What this the heck, is, Scott? This
2: is big. How
1: much should no, they give? No, this is
2: big. Why? Well, first off, okay. so think about what's happened here. Let's let's step back. A fine. What's the point of government action and fines? The idea is, you know, it's a little bit of retribution. It's a little bit of, of a fundraising event, but mostly it's meant to serve as a deterrent. And the algebra around deterrence is pretty simple, and that is the likelihood or the probability of getting caught times the likely fine is greater than the upside of continuing to engage in that illegal activity. Yeah. Right. So, the chances of me getting caught doing something times going to jail scares the shit out of me and I don't do a lot of bad things that I might yeah. engage in otherwise. Yeah. And what has happened here is that Facebook has unwittingly co-opted the FTC into what is probably the most value accretive day in the history of Facebook, and that is their mm-hmm. stock is up $30 billion this morning, the value of mm-hmm. Viacom plus throw in Fiat Chrysler. Why? Because they came out ahead of the fine and said, hey, guess what, in exchange, we can continue to engage in this illegal behavior and it's gonna cost us two weeks of income or seven weeks of cash flow. And on hearing that, the marketplace says, fantastic, we're gonna take your market cap up 10X, the amount of the fine. So not only is this fine not a deterrent, it is enabling this type of behavior. And Tim Wu, Professor Tim Wu mm-hmm. at Columbia, I mean, this guy is a gangster. He's written, I think, a really important book called The Curse of Bigness. Mm-hmm. He has a key point, And that is that a key step to tyranny is that the government is no longer, turns from a countervailing force against private power to um, a co-conspirator. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what has happened here is that our government agencies are no longer countervailing forces, they're co-conspirators. And the FTC and the DOJ need to do what happens. When you see those signs, it says construction, men and women working. If you speed here, the fines are doubled. They need to say, okay, when we're talking about media and privacy in an instance where it might be spun into violence as you you have articulately said, then we need 10X fines. So my big theme today to the FTC is Mm -hmm. 10X, add a zero to that fine and restore the algebra of deterrence.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, the algebra. I sound so indignant that. and arrogant I'm right now. I'm taking that I? for the call, algebra of deterrence. I'm going to mention you. There you go, I right? love it. I'm writing it down with my AOD. pencil. AOD. There's AOC okay. and there's AOD. Well... You know, AOC would put a zero on the end of that, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Uh, I just, I agree. It's just a ridiculously low fine. And, you know, it, it's, it, it, there's all kinds of ideas to fine these companies or things, but it's. it, it must have, they must have been like, oh, few five billion, that's all. That kind of thing. And it's for what they've done over the past couple of years. That means they're getting off for their behavior. It's like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Um Last thing, Google walkout organizers say they're facing retaliation, um, and Google is saying they're not. And and it's you know it's an interesting problem when when people become essentially not whistle- they're whistle- they're not whistleblowers they're they're they they want things to change at the company or being public about it, they get uh, impacted. Scott, what do you think?
2: Yeah, well, I, I've always thought, and you've reinforced this, is that Google is actually a lot more tolerant of dissent than most tech companies. Usually,
1: yeah. But not in the, back, in the back part of it, right? They're like, sure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then these, it, it doesn't help you when you've done this if you don't go along to get along. So they're tolerant But, but should not- it –
2: I mean realistically, should it help you? Sh-
1: because you're being difficult? Yes. Yes. You should be able to say so, if, you're, okay, we if want... you're a company like Google, Google's always talks about they have these meetings, they talk about how everybody counts. If they're gonna do that, they should just say, no, we're just Microsoft. So just hush up and sit in the back. That's that's what I say. They just they just go on and on and how open they are. So if they're gonna be this way and they want it to their way or the highway, then they should say that.
2: Yeah, so, uh, okay, so we can have a conversation around what should happen. I think the conversation is what will happen. And that is if you work for a for profit public company and you publicly shame them, you better be willing to kill the prince if you're going to stab him or her. And so uh-huh. you, you're probably throwing yourself on the funeral pyre here because you're the CEO of a company and yeah, you're going to give some lip service to it, but you don't need individuals going public with your dirty laundry. And more power to her, she might be she might be right. I would argue personally, she's probably not being that effective. And there's very few for-profit companies that legitimately want to endorse this type of behavior. And I think a lot of them are open to saying, all right, how do we fix this problem? How do we how do we do it internally? We're we're very open to this. And my sense from some of your reporting is that Google's actually quite tolerant or quite open. No,
1: no. What I said them. is they have all these mechanisms, which I now think are just to let off steam. Uh, you know, they have all these bo- they have so many message boards at Google where they all yell at each other from everything from like the how the kombucha tastes to, you know, more serious topics. And uh, that is obviously a serious topic. But they talk that they talk about that a lot. Actually, food on these things. But they argue with each other about lotsing, and they have dozens and dozens of these boards. And then they have these these Meetings that they have every Friday. These the, with this used to be with Larry and Sergey, um, where they get to, people get to mouth off as much as they want. So it's a very mouth off culture, but it may be just to let off steam and like not to. You're right. I mean, you can't re- once you start to really go down that road. People really don't tolerate if you keep complaining. Unless you are so valuable to the company that you can continue to do that until you are. Um, you know, they are also, they also covered up a lot of sexual harassment stuff. Like, and paying people off and being quiet and quietly letting people out the door. Which is very typical of every other company in Silicon Valley. Is that, shh, you know, hush, leave, here, take this bag of money and leave. Sexual harasser, for example. So, I don't know, Scott, it makes me sad. It makes me sad. It does. It does. It's just like they—they they should. You should be able. Like this particular culture talked about being open, and it's not really open, is it? it you're right. It's just they want to make money and stop stop complaining and, and go back to your massage chair immediately, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, become a journalist. Run from yeah, there.
1: That's right. That's what I'm saying. For example, uh, yeah. But even at journal, even at companies, if you complain too much, I used to complain a lot about things at the Wall Street Journal. I can tell you, they didn't like it too much.
2: Yeah, but I don't. I just don't think that's. I don't think that's surprising, and I don't think. I don't think that's going to change, and I think that's the world we live in, and that's part of our economic model. And it sucks to be a grown up. I thought you're Brienne
1: checks. of Tarth. Brian of Tarth wouldn't say this. She would go in with a. Oh sword. my God,
2: that's unfair. Tarthus Tarthus. You're Listen, right.
1: You know what? You're right. You're not Brienne of Tarth. You're like I don't in know, the name of the, truth. The in the name of the mother. The, who's the guy who owns all the the the, 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 the whorehouses? The la- the
2: guy. What's his name?
1: Oh, a little finger? Little. You're little finger. That's who you are right now.
2: That's all I'm saying. Oh.
1: Sorry. Listen, now we're, we're talking. Take, now we're, we're talking ta- my language. We're going to take a quick ad break. When we get back, we're going to have wins and fails and predictions.
0: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline We're here
1: with Scott Galloway, who's in Florida. I'm Kara Swisher. I'm in Washington, D.C. This morning, I was interviewing uh, Julia Angwin from the markup, or not from the markup. She got fired as editor-in-chief before the thing even launched, and we did a really, really good podcast on on uh, what she thinks happened. Obviously, they think it didn't happen in an opposite way, and it's going to be really interesting because the funders are, seem to be taking her side or at least looking over it very carefully. Um, but they had a breakup between the founders uh, before the thing. This this was supposed to be data journalism. And Julia Anglin's a very well-known and well-respected data – using data to do journalism uh, about the tech industry. And she's done some great pieces about how Facebook, for example, um, has racial – does targeting your racial lines and things like that. And so it's an inter- it was an interesting podcast this morning. I think th- it's a win and a fail um, that she did it and then um, – and that they fa- they fired her i think it's a it'll be really interesting what happens we had, we had made her a win before that this markup thing that they were going to do this this data journalism thing so we'll see it's hard to be mm. a media company these days scott
2: I don't know. I think it's pretty hard to sell. This as compelling. I'm bored listening to it. Kara, what are we talking about? <laughs> Seriously, what are we talking about? Data journalism. What? Oh,
1: uh, you know what? Are what? We about? It is. You are literally. You just need like a shiny object. What do you like? Who do you like
2: watching? You know what, what I like? Vitamin water, Chipotle, Netflix, Cialis, uh, and what else? And cannabis. Boom. The do five do good food journals. groups. I'm not even going to speak to you anymore. I think you're going to have to go. Like
1: anyway, oh. that was a fail. I think. And a, my win. And then we'll go to yours was George Conway again with uh, deranged Donald hashtag. You love him. You I love, don't love George. Him. I don't love him. I, I have a, a complex uh, feelings about him. Uh, but I do think he's very funny on Twitter, and I think he's using it beautifully. And so he started the hashtag deranged Donald, and I think it's just it's catching on. I have to say, I, I hadn't even thought of it. It was demented Donald. There was, you know, dorky Donald. Whatever. Anyway, it's working perfectly, his Donald thing. And I think it's— uh,
2: You know what George Conway is.
1: What? What is he? Tell me.
2: George Conway is the Melania Trump of D.C. <laughs> Both of them are fairly unimpressive people, but when they stand yeah. next to their spouse, they seem amazing.
1: Oh, well, OK. He's pretty funny. He's pretty funny.
2: No, he is funny, but there's he's a lot of funny people on Twitter. Two. But we think he's yeah. fascinating because he stands next to his wife and we're like, wow, what a neat, neat, decent guy.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I don't know, it's more than decent. He's being really quite.
2: Invite him to code. We should roll with that I guy. I have
1: I have texted him. I have DM'd him. I'm trying to get him to do a, I, everything, George Conway. Please, please. I would I would love to talk to you about your use of Twitter. Uh, and I'd be happy to talk about other uh, books too. Anyway, so win for me. Anyway, I'm keep trying. Anyway, go ahead. Wins and loses.
2: Uh, So I mentioned one of my wins, Bob Iger. I think he's showing a lot of courage and kind of saying things that's on everyone's mind, but sort of a different win. I got off the couch this past weekend, and I went and saw my first Broadway show in a while. I took my boys to see King Kong, and Mm -hmm. it was wonderful. And I looked around, and the thing that really – Kind of struck me was you have an orchestra of live musicians, not something s- streamed off of Spotify. You have actors who are, and actresses and dancers who are part of a union, probably making not a great wage but a living wage, mm-hmm. and ushers that are part of a union. And I thought, you know, this is just great entertainment. That's not about scale. It's not about a few people sequestering billions of dollars. It's about an outstanding medium that is supporting the middle class and creativity and a bunch of kids who grew growing up probably thought, you know, I'm different, right? You just see a lot of people on stage and you think, all right, that kid probably got a lot of shit when he or she was in junior high school and they found Mm -hmm. their way to New York and they're doing something inspiring. So I just felt great about getting off the couch, turning off Netflix and watching my kids just in in awe of what these guys, these people were able to do on stage. And it was really, it was just sort of a nice... Joyous dad thing. So my win is Broadway and their approach to labor, their approach to wages. And uh, anyway, a, a brief moment of inspiration outside of Netflix or HBO.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so with Bob Iger, Bob owns everything now in entertainment. Like, right? He's pretty, and now Marvel's opening with this movie. Uh, you know, it'll be an enormous money maker. He's sort of got a, got everything. He's got every, and then he bought Fox. He's got every piece of the at least the entertainment pie. He's got all the good ones, it seems like.
2: You just literally rolled over my King Kong. You didn't even hear it.
1: I heard your King Kong.
2: You didn't even say... I don't you, like those big Broadway even...
1: things. I didn't want to insult your love of that. That's fine. I like the small shows, which are now dying because those big, giant shows roll through Broadway, but it's okay. I like the small you shows. You want to talk
2: about giant? They put this, literally, this gorilla on stage, and you mm-hmm. could f- hear this thing's breath. It was incredible. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, yeah, little, little cute shows off, 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 off Broadway.
1: No, no. I, I like the big ones. You and ones I are things. doing an off-Broadway show. We are? What's it going to be? Sing oh, songs? Oh, my gosh. Guitar. She's a lesbian
2: <laughs> journalist. He's an angry, depressed professor with <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) erectile dysfunction and their wacky neighbor is evan spiegel (laughs) come on Uh, you'd
1: buy tickets for that i don't think
2: so you'd buy tickets for that
1: that's a sad play all
2: right fails
1: sounds like sounds very bad sounds like
2: that's like showtime four there's showtime one there's showtime two and there's showtime four
1: giant overwhelming broadway show what's your fail
2: uh, my fail, seriously, is, yeah. and this is, goes back to a prediction, is okay. the board of uh, Tesla. Yeah. I mean, do you realize Elon you Musk again guy, committed? You? Okay, but hold on. He's committed market manipulation again. He announced a million autonomous cars within a year, which is his way of saying, my business makes no fucking sense. So I'm going to try and create a distraction mm-hmm. and talk about something else, which, by the way, is not only an exaggeration, it's a lie. It is physically impossible for a million autonomous cars to be on the road within a year from Tesla. And what this is, is a terrible head fake, trying to say, don't look at my core business, I've gotta invent something else. And his board is so clearly out to lunch that they don't realize the SEC is about to make this market manipulation exhibit B. This board is asleep at the switch and is gonna cost shareholders huge. When it becomes clear there's no truth, there's no veracity to this statement, and the SEC is about to go gangster on this guy.
1: All right. This is a prediction and a fail at the same time.
2: Yeah, but I still have other predictions. What are your predictions? All right. Predictions? Keep going. No, do I don't
1: any? have any predictions. Go ahead. Go for it. I think that's interesting. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm not going to comment on that. Move along. Go ahead.
2: So, so look, we've, uh, just to revisit, I want to do a better job of holding ourselves accountable. Okay. I All predicted right. that Twitter and Snap... We're going to decline dramatically, and mm-hmm. I was wrong. They both reported fantastic yes, earnings and numbers, and they seem to be figuring it out. I just, you look at the exactly. numbers, and there's no denying that these firms are doing well.
1: Yeah, except um, for the, that closed door meeting with Donald Trump, that sounded hellish.
2: We also, we also predicted, we also predicted that Facebook. I don't know if you remember this. I predicted when Facebook was at 159, mm-hmm. it would be 200 by the end of the year. Yep. it went down to 139 and you gave me a little bit of shit for that and now oh, yeah. it's back towards 200 i think facebook mm-hmm. shows no mm-hmm. signs of 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 letting up and then my but my big prediction is that by the end of this year a facebook executive is yeah. detained and arrested and it's on foreign soil oh,
1: okay. i think the Where? rest
2: of the world What part of the world i think the rest of the world has not lost the script and they realize that the government is supposed to be a oh, counter a good one. you know a, a countervailing force to private uh, influence and I think the rest of the world is is we're fed up. I think the rest of the world is literally throwing up in their mouth. Yeah. And All right. You I think know that. You do a somebody. Google exec.
1: Wasn't there a go- there was outstanding arrest warrants for some Google execs in Italy and Germany a couple of years ago? So and that uh, it was it was quite dicey. I remember talking to Google and, uh, and others about it. What cu- what country? What country for the Facebook exec?
2: Oh, I have no idea. Although I think the country that sort of the Elizabeth Warren geopolitically and that is the kind of the intellectual leader is Britain. If I were Mark Zuckerberg, I would not be flying my my Gulfstream six hundred and fifty extended range plane over anywhere near British airspace because I think they will escort it down and put cuffs on the guy. Oh
1: wow, that's interesting. You know, they they had uh, they had they've they've wanted him there a lot, and there's been a lot of uh, uh, a lot of controversy over him not appearing to their committees and everything there.
2: We have the CEO of one of the largest companies in the world, and kind of the object of our affection and you know, the, the kind of the Jesus Christ of innovation and the thing we point to and the CEO of that company can't appear, uh, in, you know, in front of parliament of an ally for fear that he might be arrested. That, mm. That's literally where we are. You think that's why? Because he, could, or he just doesn't want
1: to go? He will be arrested? I think the answer
2: is yes. I think is right. I think he'd rather do other things and I think probably his legal counsel who now, you know, is, is uh, again, the en- enhanced interrogation lawyer is probably saying no. You probably should. Pro- you know, uh, see man, you play in the Premier League some other time. We don't need to be in Britain for a while.
1: Okay, that's interesting. We'll see. And, th- and then uh, I, uh, I, we saw Pinterest and Zoom go out and also and did okay. They did pretty good. They didn't go down. And we obviously are about to see Uber going out. Um, which we'll talk about in the next few weeks. I think it's the next two weeks. It'll be going out, and uh, it'll be interesting if people buy their 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 story of freight and eats and other things when they they're facing you know these existential issues around drivers and pricing and things like that. Which and apparently there'll be a thousand. What how how many cars? A million cars? Did you say that on the
2: road? Yeah. Well, know. Tesla said that there was going to be a million autonomous cars, but the Uber IPO, I call it the. I call it, you know, it's so nice to see the lords in America taking revenge on the serfs finally. (laughs) It's so nice to see the lords getting theirs finally, finally. (laughs) So, yeah, the 22 or whatever it is, the 18,000 people at... At Uber again sequestering $120 billion in value from the four and a half yeah, million drivers. But uh, anyway, so glad. The we'll lords, see.
1: Well, we'll see. Um,
2: the I lords interviewing- versus serfs <laughs> IPO. I want that's my new that's my new talk track. Lords versus the lords, lords take revenge war. on the serfs. Finally, well, we're
1: back to Game of Thrones somehow, but let's not stay there. Um, I'm interviewing the mayor of. San Francisco, the actual mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, on Monday there in San Francisco. So that should be an interesting question. There's all kinds of stuff around techies and money and the idea of te- – there's a, there's a possibility they introduced a, uh, an IPO tax that people will pay 1.5% of um, their stock. Something I forget. I, I have to look at it more closely before I talk to her. It uh, uh, was introduced in the, in the city council. Um, the idea of paying more for these people who have all these um, – Things because of the, uh, the the impact on the city in terms – I think probably the answer to all of it is more affordable housing, but um, but they uh, – but including homelessness, including everything. Um, I do think uh, that will be an interesting discussion with her.
2: Where's Benioff on that?
1: I don't know. I got to call him. I got to call him. He's in Hawaii right now I think or somewhere, whatever. He's probably watching Game of Thrones too. By the way, Elon Musk likes Game of Thrones just like you, just so you know. Oh, that hurts. That's a low blow. (laughs) That's a low blow. He he loves it. He loves it. Oh, my God. In any case, Scott, enjoy your time at Boynton Beach. I will be talking to you, I think, from San Francisco next week. From San Francisco. Yes, I will. I'll tell you how that went. And uh, enjoy yourself, and I will see you soon. Uh, Where are you going this week?
2: Uh, I don't know. The only thing I know that's happening this week is Season 8, Episode 3. Other than that, I haven't thought of any
1: have a no, podcast. I'm, uh, so I'm, down I'm down in Florida. I'm
2: okay, down in Florida.
1: good. We also have a podcast with Sam Harris. you got to help me with that.
2: Yeah, he's uh, uh, great. Good stuff, Sam Harris. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We'll see
1: how that goes. So I'd love any suggestions. Anyway, Rebecca Sinanis produces his show. Nishat Kirwa is the executive producer. Thanks also to Eric Johnson. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week more of a breakdown of all things tech and business. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Pivot on Apple Podcasts.